God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for every opportunity to engage with your word and with each other in the understanding of it, because we know and trust, dear God, that you are here in the power of your spirit to assist us in opening your word to bring it into our hearts and minds. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, if you haven't already caught on, it's football season. Just turn to, to the TV any night of the, of the week. Uh, certain channels play it nonstop, 24-7. And so when it comes to days like this in the church, All Saints Day, perhaps one of the first things that comes to your mind is, are we going to be talking about that New Orleans uh, uh, place down there, the, the Saints? Uh, so no, we're not going to talk about them. Uh, and we're, we're, we also know that we use the term saint to sometimes refer to churches, like the church that's up the block here, St. Peter's. So, no, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not going to talk about a city like St. Paul up in Minnesota. That's not what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and, and we're not going to be talking about people who kind of self-proclaim themselves, look at me, I'm a saint. <clears throat> and every once in a while we run across folk like that in the world, don't we? Uh, But I would at least hope that we would wait for that title to be conferred upon us. What a saint you are, acknowledging that there's probably a great deal of exaggeration in that statement. (laughs) Broadly speaking, the Bible describes followers of Christ people who are called to be saints. Remember how we started the service? From the opening lines that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, his first letter, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, holy ones, together with all those, don't forget that word, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is not writing to perfect people. Lord knows the church at Corinth had their issues. Yet Paul calls these people saints, holy ones, People set apart by God for God's purpose. A saint is simply, as some have said over the years, a sinner who has discovered the marvelous grace of God through Jesus Christ. We are called to live holy lives in this sometimes rather unholy world. Enter Zacchaeus. On first glance, we could hardly call a man like that a saint. It does not take long to try this man in the court of public opinion. He turned against his own people, sided with the enemy, Rome. He was a tax collector. No, he was a chief tax collector. Luke made sure of that, that he, we understood that. He cheated others. This was not a nice man. Ironically, do you want the name 
his name means, Zacchaeus. I, I, I may be giving away with a little bit of my chuckle. It means righteous. It means pure one. It means holy one. It means saint. Saint Zacchaeus. Oh, my goodness. Or in some ways we could say, well, that's Saint Saint. He's no saint. But Jesus did not treat Zacchaeus as a pariah. Jesus did not treat Zacchaeus as a second-class citizen. Jesus did not treat Zacchaeus as an untouchable. Instead, Jesus took a fair amount of heat. We've been looking at the Gospel of Luke now for several months, and we've been looking at how Jesus in constantly in touch with and inviting and associating with people he should not be associating with, according to the religious elite of his time. You know, guilt by association. Uh, Jesus, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Jesus, uh, who, who are you standing next to? You can't be doing that. Jesus, who are you inviting to come close to you? Whose home are, are you going to? Uh, Jesus, you're not supposed to be doing that. Jesus thought more of treating Zacchaeus with respect than making a spectacle of his sin. Jesus thought more of Zacchaeus' need than keeping up proper appearances for himself. Jesus thought more of promoting Zacchaeus' potential than heightening Zacchaeus' shame in public. And at the precise moment Jesus did that, transformation took place. Grace began to be planted within his life, into his heart, into his mind. Grace comes to Zacchaeus in the person of Jesus. And now the choice is his and ours, how shall we respond to this eternal love? How shall we respond to this grace, this honor that has been conferred upon him and us? On Jesus' call, Zacchaeus skitters down the tree faster than his legs and arms could carry him. Can you just see it? He's called me. He's called my name. And, and, and in that whole process, I'm sure we don't have the entire conversation, but, but we know this. Here he shouts out, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. The master of the universe calling the likes of a chief, a, a chief tax collector And then he goes on, anyone I have cheated, I will pay back four times the amount. That's significant because Old Testament law directs that only twice be given. Four times. Now, I want you to take great care. These are not the things that save him. This is his response to grace. 
Salvation has come to his house through Jesus. His sins are forgiven. He is made whole. His greed and lust for power dissolves. His life, his new life, produces good fruit. And that's the response. Now, the skeptical might ask, doesn't Jesus, does, doesn't his, his actions condone the tax collector? Just by associating with someone like that, isn't Jesus condoning what he's doing? But then Luke makes it clear. Remember how it says at the very end of this great passage, I come to seek and save the lost. That's my purpose. Not shaming or bullying people into salvation, but loving people into a deeper relationship with God. In the third century, a skeptic named Celsus made fun of Origen, a leader of the Christian community at that time. Celsus said, when most teachers go forth to teach, they cry, come to me, you who are clean and worthy, and, and they are followed by the highest caliber of people around. But you're silly master Christ. Come to me, you who are down and beaten by life. And, and so he accumulates around him the rag, tag, and bobtail of community. Origen replied, Yes, they are the rag, tag, and bobtail of community. But Jesus does not leave them that way. Out of material, you would have thrown away as useless. <laughs> he fashions people, giving them back their dignity, their hope, respect, enabling them to stand on their feet again. They were cowed and cringing and broken, but the Son of God has set them free. All Saints Day. All Saints Day then becomes an opportunity for us to remember that calling, that grace that we have received and that grace that others who have gone before us have received. We honor the lives of the martyrs of long ago who sacrificed all for the sake of Jesus. We lift in prayer those who have, we have known and loved who have died in the faith. And we challenge those still, those living saints, yes, those here in this very sanctuary, encouraging and striving that we too would remain devout and cling to holy living. John Wesley, on his journal entry of November 1st, 1766, wrote, God who hath knit together his elect in one communion and fellowship gave us a solemn season in praising him for all his saints. You see, here's the challenging part. We may think that our faith with God is just you and me, God. For the last hundred or so years of Christian history, 
That has been the emphasis. Just you and me, God. My personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, very important. But Jesus calls us to community. We are one together. Holiness is not simply a personal attribute. We are individually called to live holy lives, yes. But we are given the opportunity to do that in the context of a family of faith. The concept of social holiness attributed to John Wesley has to do with how we worship and how we grow and how we serve together as the body of Christ. So in remembering those who have gone on to glory, we witness to how God transformed their lives because perhaps we have a growing sense of how God has transformed our lives. We know their stories, and we have seen God at work in and through them. So as Christians, we are united with all the saints of the church, those who are scattered around the world and those who are around the corner, those who lived 2,000 years ago and those yet to come, and those who are in our midst and those who have already gone on to glory. We are all bound together through the same Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are a community set apart for God which transcends space and time and even death itself to live out holy lives for a holy purpose but not to be holier than thou. We should not be going about patting ourselves on the back, self-proclaiming, I am a saint. Look at me. But rather recognize like Zacchaeus, we have received grace. And we live in grace. The God who created us. And we can extend that grace to all those who are around us. And thereby, in Jesus' name, transform that peace of the world that is around us. Be bearers of that grace. And not, as some would do, accentuate the shame. Not, as some would do, accentuate the differences. But instead, like Jesus, accentuate the grace, a grace that this world so desperately needs. Does it not? So thank you, dear God, for your word. 
And we thank you, dear God, for the saints who have gone before us. And we thank you, dear God, for all those who have received your grace. And we thank you, dear God, for every opportunity to extend your grace to those around us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, dear God, we bring to mind and memory, to our hearts, those of this congregation, those whom we have ministered to, and their families. We remember, dear Lord, Marianne Detart. Laura Abbott. Robert Hitson. Mike Wilson. Shelley Zenesek. Jim Opp. Robert Miller, Sr. Wilma Divine. Mac McKillen. Eloise Woods. Lois Bird. Steve Hostetler. And now, dear God, we name before you either silently or aloud, those who we hold in our heart today.
Their memory is dear to us, Lord. Dear servants of yours, we thank you for the gift of life. And we thank you, dear God, for the gift of life eternal through your Son, Jesus. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. Amen.